Today's program was brought to you by Le Creuset, made in France since 1925. The first and finest enameled cast iron cookware and a favorite for generations. For more information, visit lecreuset.com. That's L-E-C-R-E-U-S-E-T dot com. I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. This week, we're looking at the way labels shape our perspectives on food. I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but is it acceptable to judge a wine by its label? There are some labels that I'd say are so bad they're good. As long as your paperwork's in good shape, you'll get a grass-fed label. Tune in to this week's Meat and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's meat plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Good evening and welcome to Fun About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Isaac. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And I'm Rachel Jacobs. And we're your co-hosts through this weekly journey of all things fermented. Archived everywhere at Great iTunes. I mean, I'm, wait, wait, was that supposed to be? Great, great podcasts are found, and especially right here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Uh, yay, all right. And that's one to grow on. Yay. Um, it has been a really fun few weeks. We had the congratulations to all the New York City marathoners who just ran. Uh, it was always so freaking inspiring. Um, and uh, I, I cry a couple times every every day that that, that, that happens. Fifth Hammer is one block away from uh, basically the mid, mid marker. Mm-hmm. And we had a giant sign sign making uh, party uh, and people track their runners then walk down the block to to cheer them on and, and bring it back and it was pretty special it's yeah. always special yeah there are so many people that come out to like Brooklyn which is where the race starts but Queens is where it gets real lonely and sad so well it starts on the bridge oh yeah. so yeah that's fair uh, <laughs> and yeah so but like Queens is where people get tired and it's where people get real lonely so like it's a good place to, to go to amp them up yeah well they did it congratulations to all, to everyone on that um, we're getting into the holidays, and uh, Mary and I have been having fun with the fun tank at Fifth Hammer, and I'm particularly excited about one that we made kind of in honor of, of uh, Thanksgiving and kind of holiday spirit, and it's called Cran Orangutan, and it is Cran. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Cran. monster. It's a sour, it's a sour beer with uh, cranberry, blood orange, and a touch of star anise, and it's crushing, man. It's really, it's really, really great. Um, I'm really excited about it, um, but we didn't put it on a tap yet, so... Um, Stay tuned. I just taste it from the bright tank, and I'm excited. It's packaged, and it's ready to go. Today, um, you've heard us talk about this this stuff before. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it, <laughs> but this I don't even know where to begin to what talking about. What did show. you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, so today's, today we're talking about natto. And, uh, not snato. Not snato. <laughs> and I say not for me, natto, uh, because I, I have yet to find... Uh, uh, what I love, uh, except uh, I always give it a new chance. And and today our guest is from uh, Nurture N Y T U R E N Y B New York N Y R N Y R T U R E T U R E. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So I mean, not every, not every list of all our shows, obviously, not even me. Uh, but what is Nato? Wait, and did you actually announce? 
Anne's name? <laughs> no. At the full name? Yeah. And would you like to introduce yourself? No, because I forgot your last name. And I'm Anne Yonatani. <laughs> Yonatani. There we go. And now we know how to pronounce it too. Yes. Yeah, so tell us what got you into fermentation. Oh, well, that's easy. Um, I'm a microbiologist. <laughs> So, um, so I've spent many years, decades, in fact, fermenting, but, um, but uh, the transition to becoming a food maker was uh, a rather um, unexpected calling. Um, how, yeah. and, and how long ago was that? When? Oh, it, was when a, was that it happened a little bit gradually, but over the last few years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I came into this really as a, a scientist mm-hmm. um, with uh, just an interest in, in fermented foods also. I've always been passionate about food and with a soft spot particularly for the complex flavors mm-hmm. of fermented foods <laughs> in general. Um, but as a Japanese-American, I, I grew up eating natto. So this was a food that I uh, recognized was pretty much unavailable in this country. I I would eat it when I would travel to Japan, um, but it was sort of missing from the the palate here. Uh, So at at first I just went to Japan and and learned how to make it just a personal curiosity um, so I could make it at home. Mm -hmm. How did you, where did you go to Japan to learn how to make it? Uh, I found uh, probably the oldest um, still working natto factory in, in Tokyo. Um, it's a fifth generation business, so almost 200 years old, but oh. still um, still producing natto in the very metropolitan center of Tokyo. Is, is natto a staple in, in Japanese? It literally is, yes. Um, so... Unlike miso and soy sauce and koji these days, mm-hmm. sake, you know, many other traditional Japanese ferments that are um, that are well known, even common here these days. Natto is is just as much a staple food in Japan, but one that most people here in this country have not yet heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what is it? What is it? Well, it's pretty simple. Um, Natto is whole soybeans that are fermented with a probiotic species of bacteria called Bacillus subtilis. What? Yeah, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, what is that Bacillus. bacteria? What is, the, what is Bacillus yeah. subtilis? Well, um, Bacillus subtilis is a common, ubiquitous um, environmental bacteria, benign, um, but actually probiotic bacteria that's found everywhere on earth mostly dwelling in the soil um and and on the plants that grow from it yeah and it's actually also the same species that's a natural source of the antibiotic um bacitracin oh so that's what so the bacillus produce and bacillus subtilis um is the natural producer of the antibiotic Hmm. Yeah, bacitracin, which is it was used discovered here in New York City. Oh, oh I wow. didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, is that the bacteria that's predominantly on the outside of soybeans? 
No, it is Incorrect. not naturally, naturally found okay. on soybeans. Is it used to ferment anything else besides natto? There are very few um, foods that that really took off being fermented by bacillus, but um, across Asia, many countries throughout um, southeastern Asia uh, do have bacillus subtilis fermented soy-based foods. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and to some extent in, in India and in the Himalayas, so northern India, and the only other place is Africa. Hmm. There are bacillus subtilis ferments in Africa as well. And are those soy as well or other? Traditionally, they were mostly based on nere seed or locust bean, as they're often called. Um, they have many names depending on what language um, you're speaking in, but the most common name is Dawa Dawa okay. in Central and Western Africa. Um, so it's a very similar ferment, and uh, what I understand is uh, in Africa, uh, locust beans are, are becoming increasingly in short supply. So actually, a lot of uh, makers of doa doa in Africa are switching to soybeans, which are being grown more and more everywhere. Hmm. So, yeah, I think in, mo- in the modern day, it turns out to be a quite similar ferment and food. Oh, wow. That's so what is natto? Yeah, so I think we're beating around the bush about yes. why uh, Americans don't really like <laughs> natto or haven't taken to natto. So what what exactly about it do you think? So well, what, what is, is the texture what is it? and the flavor? Yeah, what is it? We yeah. just yeah. talked about the what is. What is the flavor and and uh, what is it? What is the result of the fermentation? Yeah. And presentation of, of oh, general Oh well, um, the the flavor of natto, uh, to be honest, is um, I think most similar to a delicious. Um, savory uh, washed rind cheese. Mm-hmm. So in terms of flavor, um, it's actually not something that's particularly challenging to the, you know, to the modern American palate. Um, and uh, also in terms of smell, it, it has a very negative reputation about its stinkiness, about its pungency, but really it's nothing more challenging than, you know, really artisanal European cheese, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is all the rage these days. Um, But, yeah, you know, I'll be honest. The the thing about natto that is actually the most um, challenging for newcomers is its texture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where I fall short, and that's where I apologize (laughs) to the natto people. Um, But that texture is is a kind of... What's happening there? Uh, the texture is is a kind of slimy, um, yeah. Soft so the bean kind of so thing. the they're whole beans that are um, sort of held together by a gooey, um, slimy. I'll admit, kind of um, uh, uh, thick uh, sauce. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what that is is actually a biofilm. Um, secreted by the probiotic bacteria during the fermentation. Um, biofilms are something that many microbes, not just bacteria, but fungi, and uh, many different types of microbes um, produce. It's like a kombucha scoby is a biofilm, isn't it? Uh, or it related? It is, actually, yes. It is okay. a biofilm that contains you know, multiple different species within it. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but yeah, biofilms uh, in general are produced by bacteria to sort of house um, 
a community of microbes, um, whether it be just them or a more diverse mixed community. Um, it's a protective environment. It's a, it's a semi-liquid environment through which they can move because wow. they don't have arms and legs. Right. Uh, so they can, they can talk it. to each other through this medium. Um, it has many, many biological functions. Um, and we're used to seeing this kind of thing in nature, out in the world, yeah. all the time. But we're not accustomed to seeing it in our food. But Bacillus subtilis happens to be a, a prolific producer of, of biofilm. Mm -hmm. And... As we just said, um, there are few foods that are fermented with this particular species. But the few foods that you, you picked up on were both bean-based, right? Yes. Right, so it tends to like the, the protein of bean? Protein. It does, yes. Uh, quick technical difficulties with Mary's <laughs> mic here. She's been holding her mic. Her mic completely <laughs> fell off the stand. And she's manually holding it. Um, this is It's very cool. I am fascinated by, by the texture and look of it. Uh, and I, and I do love the smell and I do love the taste, but I, I do have a textural challenge. It is a textural challenge, yeah, or, or at least in the past. I mean, um, I was, you know, in, I was giving in, it in Asia, in general, um, sort of gooey, slimy, um, very organic textures like that are, are much more common mm -hmm. with many foods, you know, like seaweeds or many seafoods mm -hmm. like squid or um, uni have that kind of um, sea urchin that was... Um, have a, a similar kind of gooey, uh, mucousy texture. Um, raw egg yolk, which is often eaten with natto in Japan. Um, uh, bubble tea, you know, the, right. the taro right, right. bubble the tea. These are all things that I love. Yeah, so a lot of people are quite familiar with that same mm -hmm. class of textures in other contexts already. Um, but for some reason in natto, it seems to polarize some <laughs> so okay that, that's all that's all true it, traditionally is natto eaten on its own is it a is it a side component to it a, a no meal? it is, is, it it is generally never eaten straight okay <laughs> and, and what what are great uses for natto and are what are the are there different flavors i noticed you have two different jars in front of us that, that maybe yeah, two different I brought types. i brought a jar of our um traditional style original natto our first product as well as uh, a jar of our black natto, um, which is much more unusual. It's uh, it's same natto made simply from black soybeans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have a couple of other varieties too. We have a turmeric natto as well as an organic natto. Uh, I didn't bring those today. That's okay. I, I like well, talking about how, why you choose the different flavors for for its base. Or what it dances with, and in, and what other foods you eat it with. Right. So, um, well, I'll start with the first question about you know how, what is the basic way to eat it? Mm -hmm. So in Japan, um, people generally eat it one way, <laughs> and uh, they usually eat it for breakfast. It's oh, yeah. considered like a power breakfast food, typically, um, and you would eat a portion of natto with a bowl of hot white rice, perhaps with a raw egg yolk mixed in, maybe some scallions, um, a little soy sauce, mm -hmm. perhaps mustard. Mustard. Um, and mix it all up. And that is your go-to 
No cooking aside from the rice. <laughs> so I haven't heard um, I haven't heard power breakfast. I haven't heard that before or, or mustard. When you say mustard, what kind of mustard are you talking about? Like a spicy um, hot mustard in Japan. Uh, natto is generally packaged in these individual serving containers and usually actually comes with a packet of like a dashi soy sauce and a small packet of spicy mustard. Okay. Um, that like the closest equivalent here would be like a Coleman's type okay. of English mustard well, okay, actually. Yeah. So yeah. that that type of flavor. I ask because I'm Ecuadorian and in our ceviche from, from Manavi we, we often put... Uh, actual Heinz ketchup or mm-hmm. straight up yellow mustard in the ceviche. Just a little bit for that tang. And I just <laughs> wonder if that crosses over anywhere. But I digress. I think that breakfast sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to take a brief break and we're going to open these nattos and start tasting them. And then we'll talk about how natto is made and uh, and what else you can do with it. Fermentable. Today's program was brought to you by Le Creuset, the first to pioneer colorful enameled cookware over 90 years ago. They've been a favorite for generations through the meals and memories the cookware creates and the style it expresses. My name is Kat Johnson. I'm the communications director at Heritage Radio Network. When I'm not making food radio, I'm making food, and my favorite cookware is the eight-quart marine blue Dutch oven that never leaves my stovetop. Not only because I use it constantly, but because cabinet space is at a premium in New York City kitchens. My boyfriend and I were gifted our Le Creuset by his family last Christmas, and it was the first piece of enameled cookware we'd ever owned. I've been fawning over the marine blue color, especially when I realized there were only a few left in stock. When we unwrapped the box, we were pleasantly surprised to see how big this thing was. I immediately started imagining what I could cook roast chicken, Texas-style chili, a leg of lamb, or my favorite, a huge batch of Marcella Hazan's bolognese. Head to lecreuset.com slash hrn, that's l-e-c-r-e-u-s-e-t dot com slash hrn, to see all the new products and amazing holiday gift deals. HRN listeners will get 20% off the new Le Creuset cookbook with the code hrn. Welcome back to Foment About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are here in the studio with our friend Annie Yonatani and Yonatani uh, from, from Nurture Nato, uh, N-Y-R-T-U-R-E. And uh, we have just opened up a traditional natto that she's made. The company is two years old, and yeah. Yes, yeah. two years old. And uh, I'm watching Mary with it. There's a gelatinous gum stuff, gummy <laughs> stuff coming from her mouth as she eats it. Um, it does have a smell like a very nice wash rind. The whole uh, studio stinky smells cheese. like it. It's pretty cool, um, but uh, and it does. Also I get it does like a lot of umami. I get like umami. kind of almost oh, yeah. a little bit of soy. You know that those kind of aromas well, too. There, uh, I can geek out for a second here. Um, that biofilm I described earlier is composed almost entirely of chains of glutamate amino acid oh. molecules, and you guys know what glutamate means. Mm-hmm. Glutamate equals pure umami. <laughs> so as that 
as your saliva breaks down that biofilm, you're just releasing explosions of chemically pure umami taste. Yeah. I like it. Oh, wow. And it is explosive with umami taste, that is for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about na- more about natto before we get into um, when we went on, went on break, you were talking about the health benefits. And I, when I was looking at your website earlier, um, there are a lot of health benefits besides the probiotics. Yes, yes. So, you know, a lot of people who tried our natto um, have apprehensions, you know, uh, as you do, uh, you know, about She's the texture. <laughs> <laughs> um, or have heard scary things on the internet, you know, because everything on the internet is true. <laughs> and, uh, um, but they come to it because they've also heard about the um, absolutely amazing health benefits of this food. So um, there are three main ones main ones let me say again (laughs) number one is probiotic Um, bacillus subtilis is a probiotic species of bacteria a a healthy gut member of the microbiome Um, and is one of the only foods in the world that's fermented with this species Mm -hmm. Um, it's also uh, the richest source of vitamin k2 Um, This is a vitamin, a micronutrient that's produced by the bacteria during fermentation. And this is a vitamin that's gaining more and more attention in the medical and scientific fields because it's very important for both bone health and cardiovascular health. And most Americans are deficient Mm. in this micronutrient. Where else is K2 prevalent? Um, the next best sources are other fermented foods because it is primarily produced by bacteria, mm-hmm. um, uh, historically probably by healthy microbiome gut bacteria, but as our modern diet has degraded, um, the microbiome in general, we need to rely more and more on, um, food, uh, sources for this vitamin. Um, so the next best sources are, are cheeses, um, some fermented meat products, and, and some meats themselves that are from fattier tissues mm-hmm. in certain animals because it's a fat-soluble vitamin. Um, but natto has 10 to 100 times more than any of those other food sources. I mean, uh, just yeah. by far, natto is the go-to food source for vitamin K2, full stop. So um, that was two? That was two. That was two. We're only at number we're two. Only at number two. <laughs> number three <laughs> is the fermentation, and the bacteria also produce an enzyme called natokinase, uh, which is a natural blood thinner. Ah. A blood thinning enzyme that... Uh, you go into Whole Foods, there are four different brands of natto kinase pills on the shelf that millions of people apparently take instead of eating the food that it comes from. Which would be interesting. So I'm, I'm three different, okay. you know, scientifically backed health benefits that are in one food. And it has fiber. I assume it has fiber as well. Oh, it's got tons of fiber. <clears throat> I mean, it, yeah. Protein. Nine to ten grams of protein per serving. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just basic nutritional profile is amazing as well. Um, Yeah, 
it's a clean food. There are only two ingredients, GMO-free organic soybeans and probiotic bacteria. Zero salt, zero sugar, zero additives whatsoever. So, you know, there's so many reasons, compelling reasons to eat this food for your health um, that a lot of people give it a chance and actually become hooked. Yeah. I, I do yeah, like I it. I'm eating it right now, and I do very much like it. Yay! I, hey, wait, success, success. I found Nato. I'm ready Yay. now. I'm an adult. <laughs> Look at me, man. I can walk. Another convert. But like mac and cheese is kind of slimy too, and you love mac that's and cheese, true. right? It's not that different. I mean, mm-hmm. it has that kind of cheese, you know, that kind of. Gooey, no? I mean, some cheeses have right are gooey like yeah. that, right? Like a good like a soft brie well, cheese. This has yeah. so mm-hmm. this has like a little bit of crystal kind of. Yeah, b- in thing, the way like that some really nice cheeses the developed. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, and it has yeah. that. And it, but it is really, it is very rich. There's a lot going on. There's, There's a, lot, a lot going on. Yeah. And so, what yeah. typically, what portion size do people eat it with? But they, you put it on the rice. Is it is it considered kind of a flavoring thing, or is it? Is the, um, I mean, no, uh, a a typical like portion size would be like three tablespoons. Okay. Yeah, mixed yeah. into a you know a small bowl of rice. But that's not crazy. I mean, that's yeah, not, that's you know, not a huge amount. That makes sense to me, based yeah. on the richness of flavor going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. at the uh, fermentation, sounds so good to me. That's all I can think of. Yeah. That breakfast. Yeah. I know it does sound really good. <laughs> I'd make it with brown <laughs> rice, <laughs> not the raw egg. Follow, yeah. Follow uh, my life on craft for an image of this soon. Her <laughs> <laughs> breakfast now, uh, images. At the fermentation festival, they were having us try the the black soybean natto with. Um, uh, yogurt and blueberries. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So you wanted, you yeah, guys want to try the sure. So the black natto has a quite a different flavor profile, um, just because the black soybeans taste different. You know, like I don't know, like, like black different, different varieties. Candy. Yeah, of beans or of grapes or of apples mm-hmm. have a different flavor. So the black black soybeans have a sort of smoky, almost chocolatey coffee Mm. taste to them. Um, And that comes through in the natto. So, and it also is a a less pungent, um, less sticky and and slimy um, product. So we often call the black natto our gateway natto. Mm. (laughs) And, And because it's milder, it can sort of be served either sweet or savory. So there are many more culinary possibilities, I think, with with the black natto. That's so interesting. So let's try it straight. This is the sound of little spoons of natto being passed around (laughs) the studio here. Does a sound of natto anticipation. (laughs) Does anybody in Japan eat uh, natto with like sweet foods? It's very rare. I mean, you know, these days people are trying to mix things up and do more creative Western-influenced um, things with food. But um, but no, in general, the Japanese kind of stick to, you know, that breakfast-style dish that I, that I described um, and don't stray too far from that. Um, wow. That I'm thinking of other... Yeah, I, I think I like the I like the original bot better. You're right, because it's more flavorful. Milder, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I can. But this is. I mean, this is good. It's just this is like something I, I can convince probably my friends to eat. Sure, maybe. Could I think I? this would be good That's on good oatmeal. It has a little bit more of like a a bitterness, right? <laughs> yeah. Like of a dark chocolate yeah. or a coffee. Um, so if you add some sweetener to it, again, mm. like this is not how you would eat natto 
um, normally. Right. Um, if you mixed in some honey or, or some maple syrup, I could see it with and oatmeal. sweetened it up, mm. and then added other flavors to it, it kind of can become like a dark chocolate sort of flavor. Yeah. Yeah, or like a, cool. a coffee-esque kind of yeah. flavor to it. Very oatmeal or like on a waffle, like a savory waffle. That's what I want nacho on. I was, yeah. Well, yeah. grits, man. Natto and grits. Natto and grits. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. How much natto do you make at a time? What is the shelf life on natto? And what's the time from, from uh, inoculation to completion? Um... Yeah, the natto is a pretty fast ferment. Um, that's, you know, partly because in the modern day, it, we inoculate with a culture. And, and uh, we start with a pretty high concentration of it. So, um, so it's already, you know, pretty uh, full of bacteria, mm-hmm. you know, from the beginning. Ready to um, get the job but done. The, yeah, yeah, ready to get the job done. So the, the, the fermentation really only takes one day. Okay. Um, but then, sort of like a cheese again, like it takes a few more days of aging after that in the cold for it to really develop um, the right flavor profile as well as the texture. So, in the cold. Co- so, yeah. Yeah, what temperature does. In the refrigeration does it work temperature. Best? Oh, the fermentation is done um, at, at, at hot temperatures um, above 100 degrees. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, but that that part is just one day long. One day long, and hydrate. then it ages at refrigeration level temperatures for for a few more days after that. So for a lot of pickling, you know, you make sure that your your vegetables are underneath the the surface layer. Uh, is what are the concerns when making natto? Are there concerns for outside spoilage? anything else or because the inoculation well, is so strong it's going to win that's part of the reason for starting with a really concentrated inoculum so that the food is immediately protected by this one benign species um <clears throat> and that's uh, that's a pretty strong barrier also the production of this biofilm part of the function of the biofilm is to Coats protect it, yeah. the oh, wow. interior population and to um, keep out other outsiders, unfriendly outsiders. So, um, so there are a lot of biological mechanisms in, in, in place that, that help us keep the food protected. Um, unlike most other ferments, um, lactobacillus-based ferments, uh, even cerevisiae yeast-based mm-hmm. ferments, um, most other ferments in the West are uh, very acidic, Mm-hmm. In nature, and and acid pH also isn't it provides an additional barrier of protection. Right. But here, that doesn't. Um, doesn't but taste natto it. is is not acidic at all. In right. fact, it's alkaline. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's an alkaline fermentation. What like how high in pH does it get? Um, <clears throat> not much above eight. Okay. Yeah, so it's not extremely alkaline. Um, but that's part of the flavor, yeah. I think, also. The sort of weird, unfamiliar flavor, maybe, mm-hmm. the aftertaste, is, is the taste of alkalinity, which, yeah. again, is very unfamiliar and rare in Western cuisine. Actually, in cuisine in general, there are few alkaline foods in the world, but this is one of them. It totally makes sense with, the, with what was just tasted. Yeah. That makes sense to me. 
How your tongue feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Coated. Yeah. What else? How else do you recommend that people eat? How or you know what do your customers? What are like some American ways mm. that people have adapted? Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, that's part of our. Um, we put a lot of energy into to giving people alternative ideas for how to eat it. Um, and as a general l- rule of thumb, I use the cheese analogy. You know, one. I tell people it's like a vegan version of a, you know, a strong, stinky cheese. And so if you think of it like a cheese, um, you can just use it like a cheese and throw it on pretty much anything that you might throw cheese on, mm-hmm. which is about a million things, yeah. right? So you can eat it, as you were saying, with grits instead of rice, with pasta, with polenta, with quinoa, with mashed potatoes, you know, with basically any other kind of starch base. Um, you can put it in soup. You can mix it into uh, a dip, which basically hides sense. the texture issue. <laughs> you know, like if you mix natto into a hummus or guacamole, yeah. that biofilm kind of disappears. It just mixes in with the medium, and you can eat it. Just yeah, the richness of flavor. Meat. You have it as a flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, natto so. tacos. Yeah, yeah, it's great with Mexican food and Middle Eastern food, um, Indian food. So I recommend mixing it with other foods that you like, whatever that may be, that have strong flavors in themselves. And just to add this in as one more component. So, you know, it, it, it complements the flavor. So without a low acidity for, for protection, but just the biofilm as protection and the higher alkalinity, what is the typical shelf life of, of, a, of a natto? Or, or do you have a recommendation on, on your product? Well, yeah, our, our natto is quite unique because it's packaged in glass jars, sealed mm-hmm. glass jars. It's um, the only natto in the world in that's the world. packaged this way. Oh. What is the traditional packaging was, for it? The traditional pack... Uh, so... Because of that, our natto is good for months in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, or not traditionally, but currently, um, in in Japan, in Asia, natto is produced in single-serving styrofoam clamshell containers, mm-hmm. um, which are not sealed to the environment. Right. So thus, um, they have an extremely short shelf life. They're only good for about a week in the fridge. So all of the natto that's imported from Asia is frozen before oh. export, you know, because they can't afford to lose the days in transit time. Right. Um, and that's important because, I mean, freezing and thawing changes the flavor and texture of any food, often in a negative way. But it also damages most of the health benefits of that food as well. So if people are eating natto because they're really interested in maximizing the health benefits, frozen and ported natto is just a shadow of what the fresh mm-hmm. product is. You know, all of the science the that, that has shown all these health benefits has been done using fresh product, mostly in Japan, where it's never frozen. Um, so an imported product is really a, a different thing. And then where do you sell your natto? Yeah, where can we find it? 
Um, we're available uh, in many stores around New York City. Um, since we're located here, that's where we've started um, to grow our retail business um, primarily. But we're also available in six other states. Um, yeah. And, you know, that number is growing every week. That's <laughs> awesome. Great. So, uh, yeah, we're available in a lot of stores, but half of our business is also just direct to customer That's what I was going to say, online. So online, online. people can order online. Cool. Yes. Yes, at nurture.com. That's N-Y-R-T-U-R-E. That's right. Yes, thank you. Um, so, yeah, a lot of customers just come to us directly. Um, many of them are high-volume customers, you know, who will buy, like, a case of 12 jars at wow. a time. Um, so we ship across across the country. Yeah, cool. everywhere in the U.S. And you're based right here in New York City. You started here in New York City. Yep. Um, you started in Long Island City. We started in, in Queens mm-hmm. in Long Island City um, in the organic food incubator, mm-hmm. uh, which has since moved to New Jersey. Um, and now we have our own um, dedicated space in East Williamsburg. Very cool. Oh. That's close. I would like to visit. Absolutely. <laughs> Come over anytime. Seriously. We're neighbors. That's true. It's true. Um well, I hope that you'll consider joining us for the New York City Fermentation Festival again this year. Oh, You've totally. Been last year's, and it's always a yeah, star of the show it's because been it's, a blast. it's such a <laughs> so visually different. intriguing yeah. Uh, yeah, ferment. Uh, and, it's, and it's not as common, so mo- a lot right. of people haven't, you know, they mm-hmm. haven't heard or seen it or yeah, tasted yeah, it. Yeah, we so, get, get, yeah, get great cool. feedback at the Fermentation Fest because people are interested, intrigued, mm-hmm. you know, even some who aren't, you know, don't turn out to be fans. They're like, oh, I've checked it off my bucket list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So these are the two that you have all the the time. Are you constantly doing other flavors? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have four products always in production. Yeah. And the other one's turmeric. Sorry, I didn't bring the turmeric one. Yeah. And what's the other one? The turmeric and the... And and then there's a certified organic Organic. version of Mm -hmm. the, the traditional one. Have you played with other flavors, too? That Yeah, a little bit. We've played with other um, sort of functional um, herbal uh, add-ins. Um, Moringa is one that we're really? playing with oh, a cool. little bit. Yep. Um, that's actually really tasty with the black natto. That sounds like it would um, be. Yeah, combined with the black, it kind of like produces a sort of green vegetable taste, mm-hmm. actually. Like a spinachy kale flavor, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's one we're playing with. Um, but yeah, we're always experimenting. Is it easy to get that culture uh, as, a, as a as a home fermenter? Um, yeah, the, I believe that there is one source for um, for you know home home use size aliquots of mm-hmm. of Bacillus subtilis. Um, Available from Cultures for Health. Okay. Yeah. A lot of home fermenters go there to get it. Well, if anybody out there tries it, please uh, let us know your yeah, results. We're curious yeah. of your thoughts. <laughs> and if you would like to, if you haven't, if you're curious about natto and would like to try it for yourself, you can go to nyrture.com mm-hmm. to learn more and order your own. Yeah, yeah. there's also some great Or look photos. at our Instagram, yeah. which is Nurture, N-Y-R-T-U-R-E, for lots of um, cool pictures of ways to eat it and other info about Natto and, and our company. That's right. 
And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Femana Vibe. Thank you Such for a pleasure having, having you in the studio. I can't fun. wait to visit, the, visit your studio. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Femana Vibe. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.